Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 44 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron, and I'm so glad that you're here. Um, Oh, it's been a rough week. How about you? It is blazingly hot in Oakland. It is ridiculous. It's currently, no lie, 82 degrees in the house and it's only 2.15 p.m. Um, And summer is just starting and our house just heats up like a mother. So um, that doesn't make me too happy, but I just sit in front of all the fans and I'm thinking about getting one of those portable AC units for my office or figuring out how to get air conditioning in this house because as my wife points out the uh globe is heating up this is just going to keep happening and I don't deal with heat well um a little bit I'm just a little bit whiny I'm still suffering from I'm not suffering from jet lag anymore it's been like nine days ten days since I've been back and I read that uh for each time zone you cross um as you travel it takes that many days to get back so I was nine time zones away Took me about nine days to start feeling normal. Yesterday, I started feeling normal again, and uh, for my trip to Venice, and now I, I just feel kind of crappy, and that's that's I guess that's connected to a couple things. But um, one, and it's this is really not connected to it. This is a cool thing. But I did get fired by Penguin last week, so yay! Um, and I've been fired from lots of publishers before. Uh, this one, I had been with Penguin for three mainstream commercial women's fiction. Uh, novels and they owned right of first refusal on my next women's fiction so we pushed it a little bit my agent and I we sent um, my editor there uh, the proposal and the first four chapters or something like that of my new thriller to her even though it's not a women's fiction um, it's a thriller but written in my voice basically everything I write is that mainstream upmarket women's fiction voice so we gave it to her. We knew that she would decline because my sales were not great with them. And that's what we wanted to happen because there's this other publisher that's vaguely interested in me. Knockwood, can't say anything more about it. Um, but we, our goal was to be able to have this book now free and clear to be able to take it out elsewhere. So now we can do that. Um, but you know, it's like, it's like telling yourself you don't want to, you don't want to go to the dance, but then you know, nobody asks you. So, um, a little bit of, a little bit of that feeling, tiny bit, like maybe this much. And the rest of it is just excitement for moving forward. Um, I am a bit down on some health stuff. You should probably turn this off if you're the kind of guy who refuses to admit that the tampon aisle exists. Everyone else, you can keep listening. Um, but put bluntly, I am basically Wolverine without the hair thank goodness, or uh, the finger knives. Um, I am a regrower. I regrow things. I had my tonsils out fully twice in my 30s because I regrow them and I actually grew them again. I have I have more tonsils now. Um, a, few, a few years ago when I was 39, I had a full hysterectomy um, in order to try to get rid of my migraines. Um, everything gone. Turns out I was allergic to estrogen, so I couldn't even go on hormone replacement. So I went into full menopause at 39. And now uh, the ovaries have grown back. And so now I am just exactly where I was five years ago. And uh, it's too dangerous now to take them out. So due to reasons, and I'm just going to have to go through menopause again in five or six years or whenever it is that 
my body decides to be in menopause and it was hell the first time. I did not like it and it wasn't hell. Oh, it was hell. Yeah. I hated depression pretty hard. Um, and I don't like knowing that's coming up again and it really pisses me off that my body does this, that I now have rovaries. I have a rovery. Um, although that fun, that word is really fun to say and I made it up and I'm keeping it. And I have a friend who has rovaries. So shout out, you know who you are. Um, but that's, that's got me down and I don't get down very easily. So, um, we're going to move on to the interview portion of the episode, which is a fantastic, um, particularly fantastic because I'm interviewing my sister who is an incredible writer and an intrepid traveler. Uh, she loves traveling in a way that probably no one else you or I know loves to travel. And we talk about her travels in this episode. We talk about how she's traveling coming up here real soon um, and is going to write a book about it. And it's super exciting and she's adorable and it was so fun to record with her. So I know that you're going to enjoy the episode. Um, we sound a lot like each other. We talk just as fast and we talk over each other and um, she's just She's just my sister. I love her. And uh, just a little bit of business for Patreon supporters. Thank you. Your support is the difference between me having the time to do things like this, to do writing the essays on creativity, and it's a vote of confidence in me as an artist. You are a patron of the arts, and this artist sitting right here, right now, recording this thanks you. Even a dollar an essay, which only they only come out about every six to eight weeks, gets you the full essay and the full ebook when it's complete uh, with all the essays. At $3 an essay, you get text messages, which you can reply back to, nudging you to do your creative work. And I want to give thanks and hugs to all my current patrons, including the new ones. And there are a bunch of them because I haven't done this in like a month or more. Um, so, but I wanted to mention everybody's names because I'm wishing each and every one of you spectacular writing. Going forward, um, I want to thank Deborah Nelson, Beth Schmidt, Emmeline York, Jen Lucas, Laura Haas, Ellie Ash, Baron Frosty, which is a fantastic name, uh, Kimberly Ann, I see you girl, um, Marie Urshad, thank you, Libby Cutts, Sarah Barkin, Kelly, and The Bond. Thanks, buddy. Um, you guys, it means so much to me. It just warms my heart, and I will stop talking about that right now. And we'll launch into the Bethany episode. Um, so enjoy, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pull myself together and get a bunch of good work done this week. And I hope that you do. I hope you get a bunch of new words. Um, some will be good, some will be bad, and that's just the way it goes. Enjoy the ride and get some good writing done. And I'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the interview. Hey, you're a writer. Did you know that I send out a free weekly email of writing encouragement? Go sign up for it at rachelherron.com slash write, and you'll also get my Stop Stalling and Write PDF with helpful tips you can use today to get some of your own writing done. Okay, now on to the interview. All right, well, you guys, I could not be more pleased to welcome the guest that I have today. This is my first time I've ever had a blood relation on here, and uh, writers run in the family. Uh, but hi, Bethany, sister. 
Hi, <laughs> Rachel's I'm so, sister. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're here. Okay, let me give a little bit of bio for you. Um, Bethany Heron has had short works of nonfiction and fiction published in the Old School House magazine, Peak, and the anthology Badass Fairies, It's Elemental. In her professional life, she's been a grant writer for nine years, crafting hundreds of proposals on tight deadlines. Before that, she put her English degree to use working at a small publishing house in Oakland. She's also put over 100,000 miles on her pickup truck, Tack, crossing the country on back roads and racked up even more mileage on the tracks as a freight train conductor. She blogs at bethanyheron.com and the freight train conductor thing, all of that is just true and it's amazing (laughs) and Bethany, you're just, you know, one of the coolest people that I know. So as a writer, I wanted you on the show and you're doing something really exciting right now that we're going to talk about in a little while, um, which is why I wanted you on the show as well as you just being an awesome writer. But because the show is about process, I want to talk to you about your process and actually I don't know the answers to these things. I know the answers to a lot of things in your life, but not any of these answers. So will you please tell me what the best time of day is for you to write and where you write? Yes. And I want to say too that, um, I, so you sent me one of these questions, you know, yeah, maybe I'm them out of show, showing the sausage making here, but I saw these right. questions Yes, I and there's at least one or two of them that I was like, oh yeah, this is 100% contrary to Rachel's opinion on this question. So this will be fun to talk about. <laughs> Awesome. As go uh, many of our conversations, definitely not most, but many of our conversations, you and I are very (laughs) unalike in many ways. Yeah. Uh, So as to where I write, uh, when and where, what's the best place and how do I do it? I always write on a computer. I don't write longhand because it's horrible. I never practiced and my, my my handwriting still looks like a 12 year old child. It actually does. So I don't write longhand. Um, (laughs) I just use, I use whatever software. I use Word. I use Google Docs. I use whatever's handy. I use emails. I, <laughs> um, and when, uh, late at night is best for me, but honestly, I, that was back in the day when I had a luxury of choosing a time to write. So yeah. now it's just 24 or seven. Okay. Yeah. So, but it's so, just like left to your druthers, you would stay up late and write. Yeah. Oh, That's wow. that. Well, no, no, shoot. See, that's the answer, but it's not true anymore. I have aged, and I think that it's early morning now. Yeah. I think after the dog wakes me up, she wakes me up early, and then that is the most productive time for my brain and the time that I want to be writing. Cool. All right. I'm kind of glad to hear it, but I'm sorry that the late nights are not working for you anymore. Um, I want to know what is the worst writing advice you've ever been given, and now I'm just like terrified it came from me. It's possible that it did. It's possible that it did. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. No, peace, y'all. Not. We're shutting this show down. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so much advice as, uh, and I know we've talked about this a little bit, so I don't think it'll be a huge surprise, but um, it's it's the thing of write every day. It's write every day. And I know you say write every day all the time, and that is the way for I you. And I have saying it. Have you stopped saying it? I have stopped saying it because of the show. Oh, wow. Because enough people have told me, like, that was not only bad advice, but actually harmful. Because... It was harmful to my psyche, but I, I, yeah. I, I, I would never say stop saying it because I do think it's, 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 a, it's good advice. I think it just, uh, yeah, you have to work through internalizing that and you have to work mm. through, well, that's not advice for everyone. And there's reasons why I don't write every day. And there's, I, I had to figure out my own process for myself. Um, but the, the fact of the matter is there's so many people who want to write and wish they could write and could write 
And the only way they will ever get to actually being a writer is to write every day. Yes. And that's, I think, why I say it. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic advice for them. So, but you're, you're kind of more of a binge writer, right? Yes. Yes. Gleefully now. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I, I used to, what am I trying to say? I struggled with this a lot and Actually, on my last road trip that I took, I sort of came to the the realization that um, becoming an author, a capital A published author with that as my career and all that that entails, all of the hustle, all of the marketing, all of the craziness, that was not something I wanted to do. And if that wasn't where I was going, then writing every day, I, I mean, I still write every day because I'm a, that's my day job. I, right. I like that's. I'm a firm believer in the whole Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours thing. I think you get better the more you do it. I just happen to do that by writing grant proposals for a nonprofit organization. (laughs) So I'm exercising those muscles. And as a person who's seen your writing evolve over the years, like I can tell that you're better now just from doing that, even when you're not writing fiction as much, you know? Exactly. I can tell myself. I looked at back, I recently looked back at 10 year old blogs and I was like, ah, who's this person? (laughs) What am I doing? Uh, much better. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, yeah. that's 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 good. You didn't make me cry or anything, so that's <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um, how do you refill the creative well? Um, short term, I take a bath. <laughs> that's she, super she's, easy. Uh, listeners, I I call her Bathany because she, <laughs> she she's a, a bath fiend. It's true, and that's where that's where I plot. If I'm yeah. if I'm thinking about something, if I'm working it, it out, if I just need a break from from doing then I just go and sit it's almost like meditation yeah um do you it is like meditation and I do the the sensory deprivation tanks too which is even that's like a that's like hardcore bathing that's like bathing on a whole nother level <laughs> you, uh listeners that's the thing where you get into the 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 it's 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 basically what do you call it where you're buried it's a coffin you get into <laughs> a coffin that is full of water full of magnesium salts and you float in the absolute darkness for an hour and you just think about being dead. And while I do like dwelling on death, it's one of those things that I do think about, um, that just freaked me out. I've done it twice with Bethany and twice I'm never going to do it again. <laughs> and what, I what do you love about don't it? Think I don't think I've ever thought about death while doing it. <laughs> How's that possible? I find it a, so the, the, the air is the same temperature as the water. So you can't, you can't tell where can't the water the starts difference. and the air ends. Um, so you, I literally have lost all sense of where I was in a time and place kind of thing. You feel like you're floating. You feel like you're in this nice, warm, comfy. You're fully supported by all this, the salt in the water. It is very comfortable. Uh, it's very comfortable. I could, I could see it being comfortable. But... I've fallen asleep in there a couple times. <laughs> That's crazy. No, I just, I just come out and I, I buy a headstone. But um, okay, so short term you do a bath. Yeah. Long term, I drive. Yeah. You drive. That's, that's the big, if I need something bigger. You're not driving trains anymore, but you are still driving. And what does driving, what does driving give to you? Like, It's, and I should clarify, it's, it's a certain kind of driving. Like it has to be essentially two lane highways, back roads. Um, and for me, at least it has to be a manual transmission. It can't be a stick shift because Stick shift in interstates, that kind of driving is getting somewhere. You're right. you're going from point A to point B. If you're if you're 
if you're thinking about driving, if you're on these interesting roads where you have to be sort of processing a little bit and making small choices, but not not really anything heavy, then the brain goes crazy. And, and I start going down all these different paths and um, start seeing things that I've never seen before. Uh, it, it all refills the well, like you were saying. So. That's really interesting because it would keep you physically in your body to be doing all the shifting, to do the manual shifting. Like you're actually doing something physical yeah. instead of just, you know clutch pedal. I've always wondered why you wanted the stick. Yeah, it's it's that it's that little bit of physicality and it's the little yeah. bit of engaging the mind in a very small way because I my my mind rebels a little bit if I really try hard focused meditation. If yeah. I if I say, okay, I'm going to think about this and nothing but this then... for the next two hours until I work this out. That doesn't work for me. <laughs> but if I'm thinking about driving and just sort of it's it's a little it's it's more freeing. Now, how do you capture the thoughts that you have in the bathtub? Or do you capture them at all? Do they just like flow through you? Okay. I have, well, if you want it, I have an extra Aquanotes pad um, (laughs) because I gave them to my retreatants in Venice and I have one left over. Um, It's uh, it's this thing that you stick on the wall in your bathroom and the paper is water protected and it has a pencil that writes when it's wet. So if you want that, I'll give it to you. I may. Let me let you know because I've I've I struggled with that for a little bit, but then I sort of came to peace with the fact that the best ideas always come back. Yeah. That you know that it's I never I don't plot a, a book on a single bath. Like it's sixteen baths over the course of two months, yeah. and the same you know the ideas get refined uh, in future. And sometimes I won't think about it at all from bath to bath. Like it's just in those hours okay. that the ideas come back, but they, but they do come back. That's the weird thing. The good ones come back and they get better. And I always get worried that if I write them down in that moment and seize on them and think this is the idea, then I'm going to get stuck on that and I Ooh. won't let them refine. I won't let them evolve to the next step. Totally. Totally. Cause as soon as you write them down, you've caught them. Yes. I don't want to catch them. I want to let them, let them oh, find their own way. So does that happen in the car too when you're driving? Yes. 100% a bigger scale. Wow. My brain yeah. is such a sieve. I don't, I don't trust anything to come back, but I wonder, I don't know, maybe I'll give that a, a give, give like having an, a more open hand a try. I'm always trust just trying. It because my brain is just as much of a I sieve know. as yours. We have I the same that. brain. <laughs> we don't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to give that a shot. I think that's actually kind of beautiful too. All right. On really bad days, what other profession do you wish you had? Oh, right. I, I, I told you to ask me that question and I don't really have a great answer for it. Um, <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't write. Um, you can't the, grant the write. Is, the thing is, um, dear listeners, that <laughs> I've sort of had every career and profession under the sun. It's true. And I sort of tend to just jump. I'm not, I'm a, oh shoot, I always forget the sort of multipotentialite. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. You're celebrating your multipotentialism. Yes. Yeah. So I, I sort of rebel at the idea of even having a career. Ah. Um, and I sort of accidentally have one right now. I've been working in as a, as a, as a grant writer and a, and a fundraiser for nonprofit theaters for the last eight years, but that's accidental. Like (laughs) I, I managed to find enough varied activities that it kept me happy, keeps me happy, I should say. Um, but if I, okay, you know what, here's okay. So there are times that I wish I wasn't like this way, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't yeah, a yeah. woman or whatever. Um, I really would love to be an artist. I would love to, to be a graphic designer and some sort of like, but that requires again, 10,000 hours of work to get anywhere close. And my, I, 
Like it's, it's an accident that I've racked up those hours for writing. I don't think I can do it again for art. <laughs> I could totally see you as being the artist in the family though. I would oh. be great. You really would. I have oh. Such, oh, and I have this great idea for a novel. Let me tell you all about it, and then you can write it, but I'll be and the we'll, writer. And we'll split it 50%. We'll, yeah. split, we'll split the proceeds. Yeah, you may have heard this one before. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Okay, if you're starting all over right now as a new writer, no writing under your belt whatsoever, what advice would you give yourself? Yes. Let it flow. Okay. Um, so? Don't stress. Don't stress. Yeah. I, I gave myself a very hard time for a very long time about um, not pushing it hard enough and not writing enough and not promoting myself enough and not oh. editing and not doing everything enough. And I, I it literally took me until last year to sort of forgive myself for that and to allow myself to do projects on a binge basis when I got really excited about it. Um, and I'm kind of, I'm really happy about that now. I feel like the only, the only projects that I write on now are the ones that I'm really deeply passionate about. That's fantastic. I love that. Well, speaking of projects that you are excited about, um, tell me about this road trip that you're going on. First of all, tell me about, <laughs> tell us about the road trip that you took at like 12, 13 years ago. Yes. <laughs> so, um, 12 or 13 years ago, I spent a, about a year plus or minus on the road. Um, and I visited 47 states. So 47 of the 48, I didn't touch Louisiana and I'm still not going to touch Louisiana. Anyway, that was 12 or 13 That's years because ago. because Louisiana means a lot to her. It's not because it yes. doesn't mean a lot to her. No, it's she the opposite. It right. It's the yeah. opposite. Yeah. When I, by the time I had gotten around to Louisiana last time, it was close to the end of the trip and I was kind of exhausted and I, it, there was a big part of my brain that just wanted to go home. And I, I had, wa I've wanted to go to New Orleans and Louisiana literally my entire life. So I, though I figured that the only way that I would ensure 100% that I came back and did it properly was if I just didn't touch it at I all. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So 12 years later, I still haven't been to Louisiana. <laughs> I'm not going there on this one either, but I will get there. I will. So you are doing a road trip now. And what do you, what do you look at, at your, on your road trip? What, where do you go? Yeah. So I'm, I, I have a rough idea of retracing the route that I took 12 years ago, which focused a lot on roadside attractions and visionary art sites and some museums and cultural places that have a very unique uh, geographical slant or, or regional focus. Uh -huh. um, and I'm definitely retracing. I'm, I'm going to a lot of those same sites, but this time I'm doing it a little bit more intensive. I'm, I'm reaching out to some of the creators of those sites a little bit in advance and setting up interviews. And I'm, I'm plotting a route, which last time I just got lost. I spent the whole year doing the right, left, right, left game, you know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I have never <laughs> played the right, left game. Do you just, turn, uh, you, you just tr tell yourself you're going to turn left to the next left and then you turn left? How many U-turns do you do? Uh, some, not many, <laughs> but not many, not as many as you would think. If your if your goal is not to go anywhere, if you're just going, you don't take as many U-turns as you would guess. That's what the I only do. time I ever really got stuck was in Idaho. It was amazing, and I, I I was playing the game, and I ended up like the the road just kept getting narrower and narrower, and finally it was a dirt road. It was a one-way dirt road going up the Sawtooth Mountains. And then all of a sudden, 
like I see ahead of me this strange animal in the middle of the dirt road and I get closer and it's a wombat and I end up following this wombat for the next 20 minutes because he won't get off the road. So I'm going at the pace of a wombat. <laughs> I think it's a wombat. It looked like nothing I'd ever seen before. And when I looked it up afterwards, it looked like a wombat. <laughs> and I've never seen one since or, or before. Um, but that was kind of a magical moment. And you don't get that if you don't get lost. <laughs> Well, and that's kind anyway, of like I had to turn around at the at the end of that, which was the whole reason I was. Telling but that. you like followed a wombat. That's amazing. But I followed a wombat up a hill to the most amazing view of the of Idaho mountains that I've ever seen. Okay, you have to write about that. That's got to go in the book. So, so, <laughs> so, what is this book you're working on now then? So the best thing. So I loved that trip, and I loved meeting everyone. Like literally everyone. I sort of fell in love all over the place. And you did. You fell in love with people, like, not not romantically, but, like, just fell in love with places yeah. and people everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. They were fantastic. And everybody was, was uh, I, you know, it's uh, of course it's not universal. You're going to run into a jerk here and there. But uh, <laughs> pretty much, by and large, everyone was awesome. And uh, politically and and the, the, the whole landscape of America right now, I'm not feeling like everyone's awesome. I'm feeling like everyone's horrible. I'm hating people at the moment. Uh, and I know, I feel like, I know that's false. I, I want to I wanna find, I want to rediscover the awesomeness <laughs> that I know is out there. So and, and ask some of the hard questions about why everything came out, the, is coming out this way. Why, why everything's happening in America like this right now. Wow. By talking to these visionary artists who are also sometimes just completely batshit. Like oh, when you say. And their neighbors. And their neighbors. Because when we say visionary yeah. artists, sometimes you're saying like, you know, the, the guy who built the 17 dinosaurs made out of ladies pumps 42 years ago. Right. That's that's. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. OK, so you yeah. have to talk to their neighbors, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a little bit of everyone. I'm not, and I'm, and I'm, I'm speaking to executive directors at national museums. I'm speaking, yeah. it's, it's like a, a wide range. I am. I'm going to keep that one quiet right now because okay. I, I still can't quite believe that's happening. Oh, also, I don't know if it's going to happen, but guess who just liked my tweet to him? Kevin Smith. <gasps> okay. Please explain the connection with Kevin Smith. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, and also, I don't know if, so, like, he liked my tweet, but in the tweet, I asked for an interview, so I can't quite tell if that's, like... Mm, oh, I think that's a go-ahead. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's, a. I think that's, like, lay it out there. Right. Uh, so, on my first road trip, that was in the middle of my, my fangirl fever with Clerks and Kevin Smith, and, uh, of course, one of the places I visited was the Quick Stop in New Jersey, and I went to Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash in Red Bank, <laughs> New Jersey, and I bought a full case of uh, Buddy Christs from the movie Dogma <laughs> with the intention, even then, of turning them into roadside shrines that I would sort of scatter all over the country. Um, and for 12 years and six different apartments, they have been sitting in various closets. <laughs> so how many do you have now? I still, well, I've only made, so this year I broke them, I broke them out and I made two shrines. Um, so I still have 10. I still have wow. 10. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I could get a couple more if I if I go crazy and I have some more ideas. But so this time for for real, for sure, they're 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 becoming shrines and they're gonna get scattered throughout the country on this trip. Oh, that is so cool. <laughs> so um if listeners are hearing this and you and if they live near something awesome, should they get a hold of you and tell yes. you about it? Please. There are several ways. If you want to just um shoot me a heads up, 
that's super appreciated. You can find me literally anywhere and tell me. You can tell me on Twitter. I have the wholly unimaginative uh, handle of Bethany Heron, at Bethany Heron. Um, <laughs> you can tell me on Facebook. You can email me, wholly unimaginative email of <laughs> Bethany Heron at hotmail.com. <laughs> um, uh, or if you, if you aren't content with simply putting it out there, uh, you can check out my Kickstarter, where for various levels, you can insist that I come out. You can say, no, 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 you have to come to this place. You have to see it. Or if you want to pay a little bit more, you can say, you have to come out here and you're going to take me with you. I will go with you. <laughs> or if you want to pay a little bit more, you can say, hey, I need one of those Buddy Christ shrines in my backyard. So please come and leave one here. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so what is the Kickstarter for? Uh, the Kickstarter is mostly to fund this research and and research part of it. Uh, it's to send me out on the road. And the driving sure part, right? Can... What's that? The driving part, right? To, to get gas part. and... Yes. And... <laughs> I'm using research instead of road trip because road trip sounds like vacation and research sounds like work. <laughs> <laughs> it's a researching road trip is what it is. It really it is, is but like legit, it is. Yeah. Um, and, and listeners, yeah. uh, I think that you should go check out the Kickstarter and kick her a little bit of money. I want my sister to be able to go do this 47 state trip and get this information and write this book. And are you think about podcasts too? Yeah. Yeah. Video? So my goal is, um, I'm going to be collecting the info along the way and I'm going to be sharing some of it and on the blog, um, all of the stories at the very end are going to go into the book, but I'm also going to do some, um, audio podcasts. Cool. Uh, along the way, because I am doing all these interviews with amazing people that I want to record and share in some way. And if you kickstart it, even at a low level, they still get the book at the end, right? The the whatever you. Oh yeah, there's like you get a you get the ebook for twenty five bucks. Awesome. So awesome. Um, I'm gonna put a link at rachelheron.com/slash/bethany. So that'll take you straight to the Kickstarter so you don't have to remember any of the URLs. <laughs> it's nice having a sister like you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, I like you kissing my ass. You can buy me popcorn tonight when we go to the movies. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> oh, you know what, though, kiddo? I am so proud. And I shouldn't have called you kiddo. Sorry. Um, a, I'm so you proud of you. call me BJ. I'm fine. <laughs> You just called yourself that. <laughs> I'm just so proud of you. And I'm so proud of you because this is one of those passion projects that has been keeping you up at night and that has gotten you really, really excited, um, just like it did back and that, then. And that has evolved over the course of many, many baths. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and many, many years. I mean, like when yeah. you when you went out there last time, it was just insane because, you know, she would sleep in the back of her car. She would get temporary jobs. Um, and you would say like, you know, you would, you would lie about where you were living and then you would pick up your paycheck and then you would take showers at truck stops. And it was awesome. Like you were so <laughs> badass. and, and going out to find like, like, a, does this feel like a softer version of it? Like it's not as oh, intense and badass. It's well, it's, it's softer, but it's also harder at the same time. Awesome. Um, it's. It's softer, meaning yeah, I'm probably gonna have beds a little bit more often. I'm stay with um, there's or... not that that scary uncertainty um, of getting lost, <laughs> yeah. Because I do have everything routed, and but there, it's harder because it like before I had no timeline. I had a vague idea of a roughly a year. Uh, this time it's two and a half months. I, my my work is giving me a, a two month leave. It's it not yeah. So it's it's tight. I gotta yeah. get all this done in this time yeah and I have to plan yeah <laughs> that's 
awesome. <laughs> you, you'll need to get our other sister to help you plan that because Christy is yes. really, really good at planning things. Yes. I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited. And I want this Kickstarter to kick. So um, listeners, if you'd like to kick it, rachelherron.com slash Bethany. And uh, not Bethany, but Bethany. Um, <laughs> and thank you for being on the show. I'm. Thank I'm, you for having me. Of course. And I'll see you later. Love you. Sounds good. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends. <laughs>